0: Welcome into the Lions 24-7 podcast, Tyler Donahue with you, Sean Fitz with you. We're recording on a Friday morning and we're going to accentuate the positive a little bit here, Sean, because there's recruiting news that uh, leads to some hope here. We got some young quarterback targets to talk about. Penn State went on a bit of an offer spree with the class of 2023. The new names to know, some personal ties for a couple of them to the Penn State football program. Uh, additionally, an update on a five-star prospect out of New Jersey who has Penn State on his list and a new crystal ball pick from 24-7 sports analyst Brian Doan to get to along with our five-star mailbag. And the highlight of the show, you get to meet Jerry Cross, who committed to Penn State in late July, four-star tight end out of Milwaukee, one of two top 10 tight end prospects already in this 2022 Penn State recruiting class. And we've talked about this a lot. Penn State among the national leaders and getting off to a good start with their 2022 class. What is Cross's reaction to all that? And how did he commit to Penn State without ever taking a campus visit? What does that mean for his recruitment moving forward? You'll hear all those questions answered in a bit, but Sean, as I said, it was not an easy listen for some earlier this week, but we bring you the news and it's not always the best news to provide Nittany Lions fans today, kind of hitting the refresh button on recruiting and and we're going to start off with the
1: younger quarterbacks. I mean, to be honest with you, if you stuck with us after the first episode this week, congratulations, because uh, obviously not the bearers of good news on that uh, episode and uh, we got some feedback for that, but... You know it is what we do, and that's uh, that's how we do it. So thank you for sticking with us if you've done that. But uh, yeah, some some steps forward seems like some meetings taking place coming on the heels of the uh, the rankings released by twenty four seven sports a week or two ago. Twenty twenty three seems to be moving toward the forefront, and it was quarterbacks this week. Offered three of them, I believe. Um, first, uh, Malachi Nelson, uh, number six overall. I mean, that's the thing when you when you get out when you offer these quarterbacks this early, they're top. I mean, top of the list guys. And so far, Penn State has a handful of offers out, all of them pretty highly ranked. So um, you you get the, I mean, these guys are on the radar before. We'll talk about some personal ties, but you get the information, you sort of sit down, you do a deep dive into them, you talk to some people, and then you make that move. So that's why you're seeing these batches of offers come out. It it happens at all schools. You saw Notre Dame last week, uh, just started offering quarterbacks for the 2022 class. So Sort of a similar uh, process that's going on there. You don't want to really just settle on one guy and then just only offer one guy. So you you, you batch these offers out and you get them out and, and you get them going. And it started with Malachi Nelson from uh, Los Alamitos. Um, it, it's a talented school. They've got three kids, I think, in the top 15 of 24-7 sports rankings in that class. Um, California quarterbacks, you know, for, for whatever reason, always on the radar early. He's Orange no different. County Orange County quarterbacks.
0: Orange too. You, you're yeah. right.
1: You're right. Um, Malachi is uh, a, is a teammate of Makai Lemon, who's number eight in the class who also picked up an offer, um, on the same day. So, you know, I mean, long shot, I think you could obviously say that, that, that Penn State's going into California and pulling out a top quarterback is, you know, it's a, it's a tall order, but got to get in there. Got to, got to throw your line in if you want to play. Yeah. They have not been, uh, you know, shy with,
0: with Kirk Chiraca taking some shots into California. This is the third quarterback they have offered, uh, two of them, um, actually one in the 2021 class with Miller Moss and then another in the 2022 cycle. And then here, 2023, you see Malachi Nelson out of Los Alamitos land on the list and, uh, Again, this is kind of a you're throwing the dart at the board this early. It's a cross-country recruitment. It's a kid in Malachi Nelson who who uh, has a ton of offers already. I think he's pushing 20 total offers at this stage of his career. Um, Number two overall among quarterbacks. When when you look at 24-7 sports initial top 100 rankings for the 2023 class. And I'm sure you noticed who was number one, the latest Manning. Uh, to 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 emerge in Louisiana, Arch Manning, who is the uh, grandson, of course, of Archie Manning, and and then the uh, the nephew of Eli and Peyton, he ends up topping the list of quarterbacks. But Penn State offers three others who are in this top 100 list. Sean and uh, while Nelson is is you know quite far removed from campus, and we got to learn about wh- where he may feel any connection to the st- to state college or to the Nittany Lions. You don't have to dig that far to see why there are some some things in place with Cameron Edge out of the. Matha Catholic, number 78 overall in the 24-7 sports rankings, a kid who came on last year in his first year with Damatha, which is not just a regional powerhouse, but really a national powerhouse uh, on a perennial basis, uh, churning out Power 5 prospects. And two of those Power 5 prospects in the 2020 cycle end up in Penn State's current freshman class. Uh, Kaziah Izard on the defensive line and then Golden Israel Achumba on the offensive line they're already on campus and and, and Cameron Edge said that's going to be a great resource for him uh, so far so good on the feedback he's heard They they love what they've gotten uh, from the staff thus far on campus and through their recruitment you know that's always helpful to have some inside uh, eyes and and ears within a in a locker room when you're trying to navigate your way especially this early in the process but Cameron Edge Sean a great example I saw some people saying why did Penn State hesitate to offer this kid um, I think this was his 10th or 11th FBS offer um, so they weren't in the front of the line but you know he's got one high school start it came in the playoffs against St. John's another powerhouse program out of Washington DC handled handled himself well there but you know I, I confirmed the stats uh, during a conversation with Cameron Edge today about a thousand yards last year five touchdown throws and as I said one start to his credit so I think Anyone saying that Penn State was late to the game here, uh, let, let's press pause on that and realize where we are in his recruitment. He's got three years ahead of him uh, at, a, at a program that is in the spotlight. So this is a kid we're going to get used to hearing about. You like a lot of the athleticism, really impressive, strong arm. He tells me he's running in the four seven range in the 40-yard dash. He says he's up to six foot three. Both of those numbers I just threw out at you, not verified by 24-7 sports, but a kid who's very confident in his athletic ability to to show up on the scene at a school like the Matha Catholic and and start a playoff game like that against a team like St. John's that speaks volumes about how that coaching staff views him got a new offensive coordinator in place you can maybe add some insight there Sean but a lot of things out up here to tell you that this is going to be the top quarterback in the region
1: early on going for 2023 quarterbacks. Yeah, Steve Krauts is now the offensive coordinator there. He's a very successful head coach in Maryland. He's uh, going to take the reins for that offense at DeMatha. Also, he happens to be a Penn State fan. So uh, Cameron Edge is a guy, when you talk about the shutdown and maximizing your exposure during the shutdown, it seemed like every week or every couple of weeks, just popping up on my Twitter feed or something would be a video of Cameron Edge working out, throwing, whatever. So, he's kept himself visible he's made himself available to coaches for what they want to see and that's been a very um helpful thing in his recruiting you're right the 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 um the experience is limited he really doesn't have a ton of what you would you know consider to be game worthy tape uh I guess I mean he threw for nearly or total nearly a thousand yards last year so obviously he's played some but you want to see how he you know progresses over the weeks and months and days or excuse me days one You know what I mean? Um, And uh, I'm struggling this morning, guys. Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, But you want to see that body of work rather than just coming out and and making a couple throws here and there. So um, they took their time. It feels very funny saying that about a 2023 kid. They took their time. They offered him in a batch of quarterback offers, which means, you know, these are are your top tier guys right now. Very well may change. I mean. Kirk Chirac is going to get out and probably next, not until next spring, but gonna get out, see guys throw, and he can shuffle around his board and move those guys around his board and, and we'll see where it goes from there. But uh yeah, I mean, a quarterback at Damatha, a school that you've had success at. Um, he's, you know, not far from campus. He can get up. He visited, uh, by the way, how did you how did you handle that, uh, the comment that he made? He said, I visited Penn State last year in eighth grade, and I plan to do it again. It's just <laughs> taking just taken aback by uh sort of how that thing has come together and, and Dematha's is a, a regular team camps and things like that but yeah just to think about that he was in eighth grade last year now all of a sudden he's uh you know on the radar and one of the top quarterback prospects in the country and if you're ending up at Dematha Catholic as a freshman who has a chance to play significant snaps you were on the
0: radar as an eighth grader you you were uh, the you know the local middle school star who everyone's been talking about for a while because of your athleticism and what you can do with the football and uh Cameron Edge uh, a very compelling talent there certainly a, a, a player that Penn State's going to be keeping tabs on we will we'll be bringing his name up quite a bit um and we'll see i mean it, it's always interesting to see the initial reveal of quarterback rankings uh, the quarterback we'll get to in a second Dante Moore out of Detroit put up great stats uh you know a tremendous stats as a freshman and then you've got guys like Cameron Edge um you know who who really you, you're not sure what the complete body of work is going to look like and when you factor in that the mathic catholic uh, plays a very difficult regional schedule and often faces some pr- uh, prominent teams from beyond the region you really do wonder what will that look like physically, mentally, um, as the season wears on and and how he's going to develop through that. And we've also seen guys end up at other positions, you know, early quarterback prospects uh, offered as freshmen, some before their freshman year. You look at them three years down the line, they may be playing wide receiver or defensive back or something like that. And sometimes, look, you see a quarterback who looks great at this age, might be six foot one, Um, And then he's a senior and he's still six foot one, you know, five foot 11. You know, some guys just don't grow and get to that point. But uh, this is kind of the the starting off point. You got to start somewhere. And we wondered back in March, how would Kirk Sharaka handle the inability to watch guys throw in person? whether they were on campus for, for a recruiting event at Penn State or whether Kirk Shiraka was going and attending uh, player workouts or, or high school practices. None of that has happened now for five months, and they've found ways to deal with this. As you said, Cameron Edge, very active on social media, just putting out publicly videos of drill works and seven on seven competitions. So, you know, he has certainly been providing a longer look uh, through direct messages and, and, and through uh, correspondence with coaching staffs like Penn State. Much like we heard from Bo Perbula, you know, a guy who had limited tape just a few games to his credit as a starting quarterback at high school. Uh, put together a video, got it to offensive coordinators that helped result in offers. And, And that's where we are right now. And that's going to be vitally important when we're talking about a 2023 quarterback class that
1: for a lot of them, you're not even sure if they're going to have a sophomore season it's it's crazy to think about and yeah in Detroit they're not playing right now so that's uh it's going to be interesting to see what Dante Moore does but I mean this is a kid that uh very very talented and you've got those connections so you know if you run down the list right now you've got uh Dylan Lonergan uh in Georgia obviously his his dad played here uh Dante Moore Tim Banks is the is the connection there Cameron Edge at DeMatho school that they have plenty of connections at and I don't think there's a connection for Malachi Nelson, but he's a number six player in the country. So, you know, we'll, we'll still find and, one. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. <laughs> um, but by the way, in, in California, you mentioned Miller Moss and A.J. Duffy was the other 22, 22 quarterback right, yeah. they offered. I mean, they were fine with A.J. Duffy. Top three, top five, somewhere in there he wanted to visit. Obviously, it's not going to happen uh, anytime soon. If it does happen, I don't really see it coming together, especially because by the time he gets to vis- uh, coming around visiting, you know his recruitment may look completely different. I think he's headed to Oregon, but uh, you know Penn State has done a good job in terms of staying in the mix with uh, with guys out there, staying in those top three, top five. hasn't really come all the way through yet, but you know that's uh, that's that's a tough one to go, uh, especially when you're not playing football. So uh, you you build on these connections, you build on the things that uh, sort of work for you and have worked for you in the past. Got a couple of, uh, of guys from Detroit King and. Uh, you know, King and Cast Tech are, are rivals, but at the same time, you know, those kids those kids are all close. They all know each other. So I mean it's uh you just gotta keep building on that. Tim Banks has done a heck of a job in Michigan in this cycle and would like to continue on that. And I tell you what, Dante Moore Would be quite the coup. I mean, you look at the guys that they've brought in this year and pretty good players that, you know, Dante Moore would be probably the top. I mean, William Johnson's in that uh, in that mix out in Detroit in the 2022 class, a cornerback. But uh, yeah, Dante Moore would be would, would be the jewel. We've got Dante Moore at six foot
0: two, 180 pounds, uh, starting quarterback last year at Detroit King and, and helped lead them to a runner-up uh, finish in the Division II state playoffs. And uh, again, when you're talking about a program like the Mathic Catholic, like Los, Los Alamitos, uh, and here like King in Detroit, there's a reason that these quarterbacks are able to get on the radar early. They are not from you know, small-town uh, schools that, that you're going to have to dig around and do your research on. Coaches are always focusing in on these programs because every single class is going to have a few guys you might want on your college roster. And quickly to go into the stats, we mentioned uh, with Cameron Edge, one start to his credit, modest statistics, uh, very different situation here with Dante Moore, a guy who completed close to 70% of his passes as as a freshman high school player, 2,700 passing yards, 33 touchdown tosses. And you mentioned the fact that, of course, Tim Banks, Penn State safeties coach, their recruiting ace in Detroit, who has done a wonderful job on the 2021 cycle. Not only is he a a King alum, uh, but you got Dante Moore sharing the roster right now with Jalen Reed, who is one of your more highly ranked uh, commits. uh, And of course, as you said, a couple guys out of Cass Tech, another out of Belleville with Jamari Budden. Uh, There's a strong presence there. And by the way, Moore does have offers already from Michigan and Michigan State. So he's not being slept on in his home state by
1: any stretch of the imagination. And and those Detroit programs, and we've seen Penn State pull a few guys from there, have done a good job of getting their players out and about, especially to Penn State. Uh, You look at Castex, been here; King has been here; Belleville uh, has been here multiple times. They brought, I mean, the they had their studs on campus like early, early, and then they came back for team camp, and so they, you know, the Tim Banks has done a good job of getting them to campus, so. Uh, for for him to be a freshman, or you know, going into his sophomore year, there's still a lot of time for him to get to campus, and I feel pretty confident that he will do that. So, um, just once ahead, once again, getting ahead of that 2023 class is going to be important because that's what you're doing in your downtime right now. Obviously, 21 still a priority. Not a ton of uh, prospects left out there, but 21 uh, still a priority. 22 has firmly thrust itself onto the radar and will continue to do so. Of course, Ken Talley set to announce uh, in just over a week now um, on September 8th. So uh, you've got things that are happening in every single class and getting out in front of the 2023s is something we did on 24 seven sports a couple of weeks ago, four guys um, from Pennsylvania in those uh, top 100 rankings on 24 seven sports, including three guys that Penn state has offered. So, you know, you're just sort of getting out there and, and getting in front of these top guys. And like you mentioned earlier with quarterbacks, they might not be top guys for two years from now, but um, that's where they're at right now. That's where they are on the radar. Really, recruiting hasn't moved fast enough where you're worried about taking a guy that's, uh, you know, three years out on the line. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple of years from now, you're regretting it. Um, but these guys are, are top, top prospects. And that's what that's what all the schools are doing. So you got to keep up somehow. Penn State has put out nearly 70
0: total scholarship offers to the uh, sophomore high school class right now, the 2023 class. Many of, of those uh, picking up uh, Penn State offers as freshmen. And ultimately, I think you're if you're a coaching staff right now across football, your worst case scenario is having to get into 2021 and still be evaluating off of freshman film for this class from 2019. And, and let's face it, that is a, a major stretch freshman, sophomore year into, into junior year, of, of physical development where you become a completely different person. A lot of these players who have the kind of power five DNA that they're equipped with, you make a huge jump um, physically. So we'll see if, if they have some sophomore film to work with. It's not going to be the case for some of these kids. Others will play a sophomore season. Again, not an even playing field and quickly to point out once again, Penn state does have a commitment on board in 2023. I know some people may have forgotten that already, but uh, mega Barnwell out of Spotsylvania, uh, Virginia uh listed as a tight end, we think he could end up at offensive tackle, but he really loves tight end. Um and, and at six foot five, two forty, a lot to like about a sophomore there. Uh he is one of only eight 2023 players who have committed to a program at this point. And interestingly enough, three of them to the Boston College from the same high school, uh, Florida State, Penn State, Florida, Miami, and Georgia, each holding one 2023 commitment apiece. Shall we turn our attention to the 2022 class where uh, Penn State, uh, four commitments on board, uh, only Ohio State and LSU have more pledges right now uh, from high school juniors than the Nittany Lions. And a guy they'd love to eventually bring on board, along with plenty of programs across the country and here in the region, is Keon Saab, a, a South Jersey player and and I tweeted something about this earlier in the week. That's my home territory. We mentioned that quite a bit on the podcast, and I don't remember a kid ever being ranked this highly, particularly this early in the process. number one athlete in twenty four seven sports rankings. He is the number he's a five star prospect already, a top twenty overall talent. Again, a lot of talent. south jersey has has been producing at a more consistent rate, I feel like, um but but not a kid at that level of the rankings at this stage of his career, only halfway through high school. Last year he was at Glassboro. Uh, this year he's at Williamstown. Um, and and ultimately he told Steve Wiltfong, who caught. I'm sorry, his father told Steve Wiltfong uh, that Clemson, Michigan, Penn State, and Texas A&M have made early impressions on Saab. And and once again, Texas A&M stands out. Uh, you know they, they always you know they just keep popping up. South Jersey, Philly. Uh A and pesky pesky to a lot of these teams in the region t- to see them keep you know showing up on these on these early favorites
1: lists for kids. And just in case you didn't notice that video that he put together, he he knows some people with some pretty good editing skills. I That's don't know if you got great a great to- video. I thought it was a Nike commercial, to be honest. Yeah, with you. like no I- kidding. It was fantastic. I mean, I, there's no no way about it. But uh, yeah, and by the way, thank you for tweeting that you're from South Jersey. If, if they didn't know, now they know. I appreciate that. But no, Keon Saab Hashtag is, 609. <laughs> uh, Keon Saab is really, really good. And you mentioned he was at Glassboro last year. He's at Williamstown now. Uh, got up to Penn State for the whiteout last year. Um, so picked up his offer in the fall. I mean, just a really, really good prospect. When, I mean, when you're talking about game-changing type safeties, uh, Keon Saab is one of those guys. I think he's uh, an awesome prospect. Really one of those top guys in the region, like top, top guys in the region, like Anai White, Danny Dunn Sutton at McDonough, Sean Murphy um, down in Virginia, some others in that mix. But just guys that, you know, you, you would like to be ahead on as, as the dominant program in the region. You would like to be ahead on some of those guys. Um Obviously, some national appeal in there with Clemson, uh, with uh, with Michigan as well. Texas A&M, of course, Elijah Robinson's done a terrific job in South Jersey in that area. But uh, this is a this is a big one. I mean, you, no doubt about it. When we talked about what Penn State did in the 2021 class with their top targets of uh, Tony Grimes and Damian Robinson, and, and of course, Derek Davis still on the board. But, uh, you know, they missed on two of those three guys. But Keon Saab's going to be one of those guys right at the very top of the board. Um, number, what is he, number seven nationally on 24-7 sports, number 13 on the composite uh, for, for good reason. Kid's a heck of an athlete. The size is legitimate. Uh, it's just a, a lot to like about this prospect.
0: Penn State, just a, a couple cycles removed from signing the, the top two overall talents out of New Jersey and Justin shoulder and Jason Elway, um, bringing in the top offensive lineman a couple of years ago with, with Caden Wallace, the top quarterback out of there with, with Taquan Roberson. And uh, it, it's also a spot where we've said they, they've had to reboot a bit uh, and, and kind of uh, refocus their efforts in New Jersey, which is going to be such an important spot for Penn State, as always, uh, moving ahead. And with Greg Schiano back at Rutgers, uh, things won't get any easier in terms of, of getting guys out of New Jersey and, and, and getting them to Penn State, especially when you've still got Clemson and, and Texas A&M and the Michigans and Notre Dames of the world to deal with on an annual basis there as well. Um, staying with the 2022 conversation, Sean, a crystal ball pick popped up from Brian Doan. Um, and it goes to 2022 Chantilly, Virginia defensive end Aiden Gobira, a um, kid who has a bunch of family from New York City, from New York City himself. And, and uh, he mentions Notre Dame as a player here, but Brian heard enough to put a crystal ball pick in, and, and, and that's enough for me to, to to perk my ears up. He's a kid that I spoke with earlier in the process when he got his offer from Penn State. Uh, Still a a bit of a wiry defensive end prospect at this stage of his career, Uh, but you know an interesting component for a 2022 Penn State class that is all offense so far through four commitments.
1: Well, if you take a look at defensive end, I mean it's a huge target. uh, You know it's a huge priority for targets in this class, the 2021 class, but they're going to need them in 2022 because you're not sure how how long some of these guys we'll end up sticking around and you just got to stockpile that spot. And that's, it's such a priority spot and it's so, it's so unfortunate 2021 was so poor in the region that, you know, it just kind of didn't align. So you got to, Make up with that with the 2022 class. Take a take a handful of them. I would. I mean, I, I wrote about 2022 defensive ends earlier this week on on lines 24 seven, and it's uh, there's plenty of options there. Um, a lot more. I mean, y- you know, you always find yourself saying that this early in the process that there seem to be a lot of options. Uh, a lot more than there was in the last cycle. And Aiden Gobira, I like that pick a lot. My don'e been saying it uh, on lines twenty four seven on our message boards that I, I think he he will end up in this class. You think Penn State or Notre Dame right now? Uh, obviously he wants to get out and check some more things out. But you just talk to the kid, um, you get a, a strong vibe that he really likes Penn State and what they're doing. I know John Scott Jr. Uh, really likes him as a as a potential project. I mean, this you put on the tape and nothing really blows you away, but that frame is there that athleticism is there a ton to work with as a sort of a eter gross matos type guy that's not a you know it's not going to snap off the edge or anything like that but he will be a productive guy in college, I believe so. And you've got, I mean, you've got a ton of talent. We mentioned Anaya Whites out there. A couple of guys um, at uh, St. Francis, which you'd like to crack into St. Francis in 2022, because that's a fen- phenomenal class that they have down there. Danny Dennis Sutton is the guy that I keep looking to. And, and we have him at number 93 nationally. I think Rivals just came out and put him in the top 20. He's a kid that's really talented and he's he's got his stuff together. He's a really all-around kid that, that this is a guy that you want on your roster. And uh, down at McDonough, a, a school that Penn State has had a ton of success at over recent years, especially with defensive linemen. Uh, if you can, you know, pick a guy to keep rolling with, uh, Danny Dennis Sutton is is probably right up there. I mean, I don't know that he's quite on the level with a Nye White. And of course, Penn State still in the mix for Shamar Stewart, the number two player in the country out of Florida. But realistically, I mean, uh, Danny Dennis Sutton is 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 a really really good prospect that Penn State's got a very good chance of, of eventually landing. And if you want to truly apply that uh, that pipeline label to
0: any program in the region right now, why not? McDonough certainly fits it because you've got P.J. Mustafar, Devon Ellis, and then Curtis Jacobs in consecutive cycles signing with Penn State, all of them blue chip prospects. I think very highly of P.J. Eli Ellis waiting in the wings, and then Curtis Jacobs, uh, the top overall ranked prospect in Penn State's 2020 freshman class. So, yeah, a lot they've done in in, in, uh, in McDonough. And by the way, if, if you still want to question the uh, the New York connection for Aiden Gobyra, I just went to his profile. He's wearing a Yankees hat in his 24-7 sports profile. So not surprised he stressed to Brian Doan the importance of, of the proximity between Penn State and New York City, about four hours or so. Also something that's very important to my wife here, Sean, as you well know. So we'll see how it all plays in, but Penn State in a great spot. The crystal ball pick is in from Brian Doan. Um, and moving forward in 2022, Penn State has a great foundation to work with. Part of that foundation is top 10 tight end prospect Jerry Cross out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He was kind enough to sit down with us for a uh, conversation for the podcast this week. Here it is. I hope it answers a lot of the questions you may have about his recruitment and about his addition to this class. Penn State has moved quickly putting together its 2022 recruiting class for commitments on board. One of the surprising additions along the way was Jerry Cross, and we'll get to that in a moment. Has not been to Happy Valley to this point, but a crucial member of the class, a top 10 tight end recruit when you look at 24-7 sports rankings out of King High School in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Jerry, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us this afternoon. No problem. You are in virtual learning. We are communicating virtual. Uh, that yeah. is uh, the way of life right now, and no yeah. football for you this fall. So, I, I guess first off, what's your reaction been to, to how things have turned out? And did you ever actually start any kind of preseason camp up there in Wisconsin?
2: Uh, well, no, nah, our team we never like that. We never had a chance to get started on anything, but. Uh, ever since last season i ended i've been just training and working out with my personal trainer ricardo levy and uh we've just been working on field work and then uh rod running speed agility stuff like that and now we're transitioning into weightlifting for 24 weeks and i'll be doing that for till about december and then we'll be back on the like get back on the field and everything so that's how that's how i'm doing it i'm just continue to get working even though we haven't been able to have any team contact or team beats or team workouts, I've still been working out with my personal trainer.
0: You and your teammates will will be ready to hit somebody next spring if you're able to get in the field. I have no doubt about that. Uh, you uh told me before we started recording. You know, we've got you listed on 24/7 Sports at six foot six, 218 pounds. You mentioned yeah. the you mentioned the work you're putting in. You say 235. Is, is yeah. that is that weight coming on naturally? Are you having to really ramp up your calorie intake? How is that all coming together for you?
2: It is it is natural. Like I eat eggs a lot, so like just a natural weight. Like I just work I work out, and everything. I I just lift, and I don't like taking any protein or anything like that. I just Workout, I don't have to do pre-workout or anything. I just take, uh, I just work out and then that's it. And I just gain my name, my weight, uh, naturally. So I was just talking with the coaches where they said, keep letting, like, just keep gaining weight naturally and, uh, try to stay between the two forty, 240, two forty five, 245, between 235, 235, 245 weight range. So this is where I'll be. Mean. So yeah,
0: I I that's essentially that. the plan between now and when you enroll at Penn State in 2022 is, is try to stay underneath 250. Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were utilized a lot at wide yeah. last year. Uh, is that going to change considering kind of the way your body has developed? Are you going to be more in line tight end, or are you yeah, still going to be playing receiver?
2: My parents say yeah, I'm gonna be like a, a flex tight end, more of like an out wide tight end. So like I'll be doing kind of deep routes, posts stuff like that crosses and like stuff like that. Like so, yeah, I'll be a tight end, but I'll be playing like a flex basically. So.
0: I definitely want to talk about your recruiting in a second, but focusing in on your development as a positional prospect, do you have much experience at the as a true tight end or as any kind of that, or is that going to be a, a true transition for you over these next few years?
2: No, actually, when I was when I was in sixth grade, I played tight end. When I, I in the, even in my in my high school career, I played like eight. I played more majority wide receiver, but I was playing tight end as well. Like I did a few routes from the tight end position. I blocked from the tight end position, but. I'm, I'm familiar with, I'm more familiar with it too as well. Like it's nothing like new to me. So, I um, I feel like I'll get to that really easy. Yeah.
0: Let's talk, let's talk about your commitment, which came on, on July 28th. Why were you ready to, to make that decision? I know a lot of folks are wondering why even a 2021 commit would be deciding right now when there's so much uncertainty for you only halfway yeah. through high school. Why was it the right time?
2: Because I knew like I was going to get bigger. So I knew I'd be playing tight end. So like I really just. I really just like told myself like okay Penn State they offered me so and I know like, if you look at Pat, Pat Frymuth he's a real good tight end one of the best in the nation so like that was that really stood out to me because it's like if he can do that at the tight end just in that way use their tight ends I can do the same thing or not even better if if better so it just worked out for me perfectly. it's like a home environment for me just the um, the relationship I built with the coaches and. There's, there's not even, not only the coaches, that coaching staff, but also the academic staff as well, and the recruiting staff. Like we all have a good like a relationship. I, know I can call him whenever I feel like it. If I need, anything, I can call him. Even Coach Franklin, I can call him if I need anything. a hey, supportive. Like I knew it was like the right place for me.
0: Now, from what I understand, communication with the coaching staff was a, was pretty critical here because you yeah. wanted to, to jump on board a little bit earlier and actually be the yeah. first commit in the 2022 class. Can you talk us through the process, why you pressed pause for, for a little while and and then why you decided to, to go ahead and commit about a week later?
2: Yeah, uh, I just wanted to uh, me and my mom and my uh, family, we wanted to get get more questions answered. So we had spent the week just on Zoom call. We was on a Zoom calls at least. That week we was on a, we were on Zoom calls at least four times that week for over two hours, three hour Zoom calls, just getting all my questions answered, getting, uh, a, a better understanding about the program and just, just getting more familiar with the, uh, staff and all that stuff like that. So who was on the other end of those Zoom calls? Uh, it was the whole recruiting staff, the whole strength condition, all the whole strength condition staff, all, all the culture staff, like the culture staff was on there, Coach Franklin, Coach Bowen. Because how everybody was, uh, just really everybody, academic um, academic uh, staff as well, and nutrition too. So, so it was pretty much everybody. That's
0: the kind of experience that we're used to, guys, describing when they get to campus and, and, and go to the different yeah. buildings and talk to and meet people. You're able to do that from, I don't know, your living room with your mother. What did that mean to you to be able to accomplish all of that w- without getting on a plane or getting in the car and traveling to Pennsylvania?
2: It was it was good. Like although I do I can't wait to get out to get out of Penn State, but it was it was it was it worked out real smooth. It was real it was a real smooth process. Like we didn't have any hiccups or anything like that. It was just a smooth process overall.
0: What did James Franklin and Tyler Bowen and the staff want to make sure of before they were ready to to bring you on as a commit? Because, you know, this is just a rare circumstance where you're not hosting a, a person on campus before this happened. So was there kind of some questions that they had for you, just like you had questions for them?
2: They just wanted to make sure that I was like 100% committed to them because they told me, they said, once you're 100%, 100% committed to me, I mean, yeah, they're going to be 100% committed to to, uh, to me as well. So. I just want to make sure that I really, this is really something I really want to do. And like, so I want to decommit. So I want, I want to look forward to doing it anyways, but this is a home for me. And I'm, and uh, I plan on being here for four years.
0: I, I know you're itching to actually get to state college and, and see your oh, future definitely. home in person. Do you have any kind of plans since you're doing virtual virtual classroom to. To maybe even get to campus and, and just walk around. We've seen some guys do that. You can't meet with coaches. You can't really go in the facilities. Is that something you would explore doing or are you just waiting for the NCAA to, to get rid of this dead period?
2: Yeah, I was going to wait till the, uh, NCAA get done. So then I can just get all, off all, all hands on experience at Penn State. You visit campus and everything. You see how it really is.
0: When you talk about being 100% on board with Penn State, let's say more offers come through. I'm sure more offers and more interest will come for you once you get back on the football field. And teams want you to visit their campuses. Is that something you're willing to explore? Is that something that you've talked about with Penn State, considering where you are early in your recruitment process? Or are you really focusing in on if you visit a campus, it's going to be Penn State and that's about it?
2: Yeah, if I I ever visit a campus again, it's going to be Penn State because I'm 100% locked in on Penn State. So, okay, that
0: that clears that up uh, pretty emphatically. And, and had you had you gone to see other campuses in person? How many had you already seen
2: before? Like I and everything. I've been to Wisconsin and Iowa, so like that. Okay, but, yeah, so I over for that now. So yeah.
0: you'll you'll be you'll potentially be be seeing those guys again on the field in a Penn State uniform down the road. Um, oh, <laughs> when, when we talk about that Penn State tight end success, you point to Pat Friermuth. 2020 preseason All-American, potential first-round pick, maybe next spring. Micah sicky before him, off in the NFL, looks like a kind of a rising star with the Miami Dolphins. When you look at that and you say, "Hey, the NFL is my goal," how does that kind of add up? And 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 it seems to be a very big deal for you and bringing you to Penn State.
2: Uh, just really, I look at those two prospects and I just like look at myself like, I feel like I can be used the same way and like I can fulfill my goals the same way. It's something I really take seriously and that's something that really caught my eye when I, when I decided to commit to Penn State.
0: It's been quite a group there at tight end. Even if Pat Fryermuth ends up moving on to the NFL in 2021, you're going to get up there with a bunch of former four stars, a bunch of other top ten tight ends. You may have you have one in your class, and we'll get to that in a second. What do you think mm-hmm. about that depth chart and the competition that awaits? And, and what did Tyler Bowen tell you about his tight end group?
2: Yeah, he told me he said, no matter how young you are, no matter how much you like, no matter how experienced you are in the college level, if you can play, you're gonna you're gonna play. So I told him. When I get there, I'm gonna earn my number one spot on the depth chart, regardless of who's in front of me, because that's the type of player I'm like I am, and that's how I'm gonna come to campus locked in. Because I'm gonna show everybody, like even though I'm a freshman on campus, I can still I'm still one of the best.
0: Well, I remember Pat Fryum was showing up as a freshman on campus and, and making a pretty big impact right away. When we talk about this 2022 Penn State recruiting class, it did not take long for you to get some company at tight end. You got Holden Stays out of Georgia, another top 10 prospect at the position in our 24/7 Sports rankings, joining you in the class. Did that come by any kind of surprise for you? And have you had no, any communication with him?
2: No, yeah, we talk a lot, and either Coach Brown, he kept me in a loop with everything. He told me me and him are really coming each other on the field together at the same time. So, yeah, we'll be used on the field at the same exact time. So I feel like that will be unstoppable.
0: What kind of a statement does Penn State serve up for this early in the 2022 recruiting cycle to have two top 10 tight ends
2: in the class? Just letting everybody know that, like, we're coming for a championship and I get there. And I can tell you now, we got some fire commits coming in over these next couple of months. So stay tuned for everybody. <laughs> We going for the number one spot recruiting it.
0: Hey, here on the podcast, we love teases. So that works well for us. You've got the two tight ends. You've got Caden Saunders, a four star wide receiver out of Ohio, and then quarterback Bo Prabula, who's the top ranked passer in Pennsylvania's 2022 class. All offense, a lot of parts there. What do you think about what's cooking so far with the class?
2: Like this class has, we can be special. We are special already with the number, we at number three right now. For, for for our fourth star commit, so I feel like the more we grow with each other, and the the more commits we get over time, we'll be this is going to be a special team. That's why we can actually win a national championship and compete for one.
0: Perbula committed, uh, I think five six days after you uh, to get a quarterback on board. At this point, you're going to be relying on strong quarterback play throughout your college career. Have you had a chance to catch up with him? Have you had a chance to watch his film at all? And what are your
2: thoughts? Yeah, we actually we all have a, all all our all of the commits. We all have a group chatting together, so we all talk a lot and everything. We stay engaged with each other and stuff. So, so yeah, and I actually have seen uh, Bo's film. He's a real good player, dual threat quarterback. So he can he can run when he need to, get loose when he need to. He's physical. He's not scared of contact, so that's good.
0: It's not easy to recruit your peers right now because you're not getting together at camps. You're not getting together on any high school football fields, and and you're not seeing these guys at any kind of recruiting events at Penn State. But how are you doing some peer recruiting from Milwaukee, Wisconsin right now on behalf of Penn State?
2: Honestly, on my radar right now is I have Isaac Hamm on my radar and Braylon Allen. Although he committed to Wisconsin, I'm still trying to get him here because I told him if they want to come somewhere where they want to actually compete for a championship, they can. And you come to Penn State.
0: Well, we we talked about the offensive success for the recruiting trail so far. Those are a couple four star defenders, uh, Allen, a uh, four star linebacker, Isaac Ham, a four star defensive end. Uh, any other guys beyond your region that you've been in communication with about joining the Penn State class and, and kind of getting a head start on building those relationships?
2: Uh, yeah, I've been on a lot of people just, uh, Drew Shelton, people like that, like, you know, just really good players to join and help us out. What would it mean
0: to you to to kind of if you're able to get a guy like Ham or Allen or or potentially even both if you can flip a, a Badger's commit to Penn State what would it mean to you to be kind of the Wisconsin ambassador uh, far away from Happy Valley for Penn State
2: It would be great because like I just feel this this class is special so I know we can be I know the potential I know the potential that we have so I know it'll be great so
0: I saw you got a, a, a bit of a tweet your way yesterday from Mr. Micah Parsons, who's who's on his yeah. way off to off to the NFL and as a high level prospect after an All-American yeah. sophomore season. He saw yeah. you wearing that number 11 on your profile photo and he says, are you ready to wear that number 11? Because, of course, it means a lot to him. LeVar mm-hmm. Arrington wore that back in the day. What does it mean to hear from Micah in a public setting like that? And, and what do you think? Are you going to are you going to roll with
2: that number 11? Yeah, most definitely I'm gonna make the most of that that number because I know it's prestigious. So I'm a ball, I'm a ball out of that number. from so I'm most definitely ready to wear that number. It was, it was, it was good to hear from him though too.
0: I'm sure. what well, is is that the first time you had actually heard from Micah? Yeah. What does it mean for, for you and 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 within your community as well to, as a rising junior, be committed to a program like Penn State? Are there a lot of college prospects from your neighborhood from your town and among your family are are you uh, the first to really get to this level of athletic competition
2: yeah like out of my family I'm really the first to do this so I just look at it as it's not over it's still it's still I still gotta work hard I'm still getting doubted so I still gotta prove people wrong that's how I look at it because i people have been improving me wrong uh, down my whole life and I've been having to prove them wrong my whole life so that's something I continue to work towards
0: Jerry, you averaged, uh, looks like about almost 20 yards per catch last year, which at your size says something. 11 touchdown receptions as a sophomore. Can you kind of take us through what you gained during your second high school season and kind of the confidence you took into this past off season?
2: It is all started with my worth, my worth at the, at the end of my freshman year. I told myself I wanted to be better than I was that year. And that's what I do every year before the season. So that's like one of my goals is just to work hard and be, be better than I was last year. So that's something that I, that I came to that sophomore season with, be better than I was and improve, people wrong. That that would
0: we're going to hear about you from Penn State coaches. We're going to hear about you from other Penn State commits, and we're going to hear about you from 24-7 recruiting analysts. But I'd love for you to serve us up a bit of a scouting report right now. Jerry Cross, halfway through high school, what are we looking at now and what might we be looking at a few years down the line?
2: Like now, okay, like now you just see me, I'll still be playing wide receiver up at King, so you'll just see me getting better with, with uh, route running, getting faster, getting stronger and everything, so like that. So when I get on campus, you'll see basically a, t- a tight end moving like wide receiver, like agility-wise, fast, can run routes. i tell you, like, I'm trying to be different.
0: It did not take long after your commitment to hit kind of uh, an adverse moment with Penn State when they learned that there would not be a fall sports season along with the rest of the Big Ten earlier this month. How did James Franklin and the coaching staff handle that with you 2022 recruits? We heard that he had the 2021 commits on a call. They're obviously closer to getting to campus. Some of them will be on campus this winter. How did he handle that conversation with you and your family?
2: Yeah, we got on a Zoom call, like, all the commits and everything. He just told us, like, it won't. Hopefully, it won't be like this when we get here. So, by the time we get there, all this will be sorted out and it will be good, back to normal, hopefully. So, yeah, that's what he really told us. Because you know, we two years away from on campus. So, hopefully, by by the time we get there, all this will be done with finished.
0: Uh, boy, Jerry, I hope you're right. I hope, I hope it's uh, in the rearview mirror and, and and really far back in the rearview mirror by the time you are on campus. I did yeah, see, I did see on Twitter you um, mentioned you that you plan to enroll early. I know that's. Something that right now academically a little tough to see through, and you're going to have to check a lot of stuff off your list to be able to do that. But that's your game plan right now to be in state college January 2022. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Why is that a goal? Because to hear you state that publicly right now suggests that you've probably been planning this for a while.
2: Yeah, I had like uh, we've been talking, me and Coach Bone been talking about this ever since I committed. So I, uh really, I just have to have a good first semester and everything. And then they'll get it sorted out for me and everything. And plus, if I get more, the earlier I get on campus, the more work I can put in before you know everybody else gets there and the season starts. So I'll be ready. Last
0: question for you: We've talked a lot about football and recruiting and what's going to happen mm-hmm. at Penn State. How about away from all that stuff? What do we need to know about Jerry Cross, the person? Uh What are some things you like to do away from athletics, and kind of what makes you tick?
2: Yeah, I have my. Own, I recently started my own clothing line in May. So that's something that has been going work good for me. And, uh, I'm looking, I'm looking to continue to grow that as well. I'm a real respectful kid, mature. And you know, I got a lot going for myself. So I'm going to continue to just build my brand, my clothing line. That's something I look to major in in Penn State as well. So
0: what, what exactly uh, is that major?
2: Uh, business.
0: Okay. Hey, do yourself a favor here on business. Do you have a website or something for your clothing line set up?
2: Uh, everybody can follow me on Instagram at VJerryCross. Cross. Uh, I post like all of my apparel on there and then I have a, a, another Instagram account. It's, it's just at Perseverance Apparel. So if everybody can go follow me on at underscore, V Jerry Cross underscore, and then you can go follow, uh, at Perseverance Apparel on, on Instagram.
0: Very cool. And I'll let you know right now, Marcus Allen, who was a, a star safety at Penn State until 2017, he's a third year player with the Steelers right now. Mm-hmm. He had, he put together a clothing line. Uh, You know, Saquon Barkley has, has been wearing his stuff. So I yeah. would certainly, you know, now that you're in the Penn State family, maybe somebody to, to kind of get a, a better understanding of what he's doing, what his approach is. Because I know he balanced his athletic career with something similar from a business standpoint.
2: Yeah, most definitely.
0: Well, Jerry, thank you very much for the time today. You know, we look forward to catching up with you over the next couple of years and eventually seeing you on campus. Look forward to you getting to campus for your first trip and, uh, we'll talk soon, I hope. Yep, me too. Great stuff from Jerry Cross. Uh, that was a conversation I was really looking forward to getting involved with because, you know, when we got into mid-July, late July, this kid popped up on the radar really fast, Sean, and you know that better than anybody because, uh, you know, you had you had reached out to me and I think this kid's going to commit and it was kind of out of left field and he ended up committing about a week and a half later, but things moved quickly between Penn State and Jerry Cross without the use of a campus visit, as he said um, sounds very comfortable with the commitment at this point. Sounds very comfortable with his inevitable transition to
1: full-time tight end duties. Um, curious on your thoughts. I, I, I'm actually looking forward to listening to it. And I, I said off, off air, I'm sorry. I don't listen to most of our, I don't listen to our podcast. It's, uh, I hear enough of myself inside my own head. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's so curious of how this actually went down. And I know I've talked to people at Penn state about it and it was, Frantic there for a little bit, and to see it all compressed into about a week and a half or two weeks uh, is pretty crazy. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he had to say. Obviously, that doesn't really help if you've already listened to it, but I <laughs> I, I would suggest if you skipped over it, go back and listen to it. But uh, no, it's it's just a very interesting situation. It, it you know it's a product of the times that we're in right now, and it's kind of crazy how it popped up, but. He seems comfortable with that decision, I mean will that be the case a year two years from now or whatever um, I mean we'll see, but mm-hmm. uh, certainly seems all in with Penn State right now uh,
0: and and you know what uh, I was I was wondering what he, what he what his stance would be on future visits and, and you heard it there um, well, you haven't heard it yet, but our listeners who have gotten to this point in the show heard it that that he does not intend on taking visits that, I feel like that's certainly much easier to say right now when visits aren't available versus when you've got other coaching staffs trying to, to compel you to get to events. And, you know, there certainly will be temptation for that. This is a prospect who is not going to be, uh, you know, uh, going away from power five scouts and, and, and coaches. They're, they're still going to stay on this kid because he's that kind of a talent Despite the Penn State pledge, and you know, considering he has not visited campus, trust me, there will be coaches from other universities uh, in this kid's ear, in this kid's DMs uh, for the long-term process until he actually puts pen to paper. But I thought it was a a really good, insightful conversation with Jerry Cross. Thanks to him again for his time, and and look forward to to continuing to cover him. and Hopefully, he'll be on a football field again soon. We're going to get to our mailbag now, Sean, the five star mailbag, where you can contribute your questions on Apple Podcasts by leaving a five star rating and review, and uh, throw in whatever you're thinking. Throw a couple questions in there, if you please. We got two good ones here on on, on two timely subjects, Sean. We'll start with one that I think has been kind of just the question on everybody's mind around Happy Valley the last couple weeks. Do you guys know if the team is practicing or just
1: in general the overall status of team activity? That's a that's an interesting question because it depends who who you ask and what they're doing uh, and when you ask it to be honest with you um, right now so basically when they canceled the season Penn State said okay you guys can go home you guys can do what you got to do uh, class doesn't start for a few weeks or a week and a half or whatever go home see your family uh, you know go wherever you want do whatever you want um, coaches got out of town you know it's a, it's a lot it's a, it was sort of a big letdown so everybody's got to you know take a minute to, to gather themselves or whatnot so Now you bring them back. Class starts this week. This is essentially a quarantine week for them. So you bring the guys back, most of the guys back, um, and get what you, you know, you you test them. You have them basically, you know, sit by themselves for a week, and then you pick up. And that's when the 12 hours a week uh, of sort of, like what they were going through before sort of walkthrough type stuff uh, starts again. They're not going to have padded practice. They're not going to have typical practice as we know it, but you're going to get the 12 hours of of football instruction and work with them. Now the, the wrench into this whole thing is Penn state prepared for a season where their guys would base basically essentially be remote anyway. So most of these guys are taking all or most online classes. There's guys that are in place that need to be in state college to take some of the classes they need to take, but essentially, they don't have to be here. And that's the thing that, uh, that that I keep coming back to is right now, if you see, say, Jason Away and Jesse Lucchetta in California, they don't necessarily have to be on campus because classes started because they have to take them. This is all planned out in a sense that, hey, if we do get to play, we don't want our guys mingling completely with the student population, going to class, being around the people that could potentially you know blow up your season now all of a sudden it blows up but you still have those online classes so um most of them are back most of them are quarantining right now they'll get to work uh when all that clears when all their tests clear and all that kind of stuff so um, really just kind of holding and waiting and seeing right now and then basically it's back to work at this stage based on what we understand
0: based on reporting at lines 24-7 the only scholarship player who is removed himself from Penn State is Micah Parsons. And that was weeks ago now. Everyone's let that sink in. To this point, still no word from Pat Fryermouth, who's, who's continues to show up in, in you know, top, top rankings list, first round projections. I think Todd McShay put him at number 25 in his big board that was released this week by ESPN. But to this point, Pat Fryer, is still a member of the Penn State football program, along with everybody else we thought may be involved for the 2020 season, something we'll be keeping our finger on the pulse of and reporting uh, as it comes our way at Lions 24-7. Uh, Sean, the other question that, that is lingering into this fall, um, and the longer we go where, where the NCAA is imposing its emergency dead period, dating back to mid-March, extending at least into October at this stage, are we still standing by for a flip? decommitment season or does the lack of official visits essentially put things on pause? That is question number two here in the mailbag. I, th- I think there's
1: somewhere in between there when you talk about uh, putting it on pause. I mean, it, it flips are going to happen. I don't know that given what's uh, on board with Penn State and what's what they have left in scholarships, I don't think that it's you know necessarily going to be this huge flip season that we forecasted back in the day, but you take visits out of the equation. And I think that's really what our thought process was uh, based on when we're talking Mm -hmm. about late spring, early summer, you thought, okay, well, you know, they'll play football this fall. They'll be able to take official visits. They'll be able to get out and see these schools before December. And really it doesn't look like it's going to be the case. So um, unless something drastic changes where they allow guys on campus in November into December or something like that, no, I don't see this huge flip season coming. Now that that's not to say that, you know, you, you might, uh, you know, pick and choose a couple of guys here that that could eventually flip. I mean, we talked about Patrick Payton a couple of times on this, on this podcast, the Nebraska commit, Penn state's still after him, Florida state's still after him. He hasn't been to Nebraska. So it's not all that yeah. different Down in, in Florida, of, by the way. Yeah. 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 He hasn't. I mean, it's not all that different say if he would flip to Penn state, he's never seen Penn state either. So, I mean, it, there's so many things that go into this. So I don't see this uh, monster flip season coming now. You know, if they decide to change uh, December signing day, which I don't see them doing, I don't think there's any reason to do that. I think that could be a factor. Um, You know, January, February, maybe you get visits uh, coming through there, maybe that changes some things. But no, I I really don't see a huge flip season. And on top of that, Penn State's got 13 commits, just a couple of uh, scholarships left open. And I don't often say this, but you. This is a cycle a very strange cycle, in that you can roll those guys forward and maybe get more out of taking a twenty twenty two kid in twenty twenty one This is not a program that has bank scholarship offers in the past, and i don 't think that's um, uh, that's not what many schools end up doing. Um, but you can probably do it given you basically have a built-in off your redshirt year with this 2021 class. So, uh, the way things are going, I don't think that's a bad idea. You, you still got Nolan Rucci out there, Diego Pounds on the offensive line. Derek Davis, of course, is a huge target. I, you know, just a handful of guys out there still want a defensive end. Um, still looking at receivers, looking at tight end, looking at running back, not all are necessary, but, uh, you, I guess w- what I'm saying, you kind of mesh this class together with the 2020 class. And 2020 was such a big class that now all of a sudden, when you're roster building, when you're looking three years in the future, those positions are sort of going to melt together and, and be their own sort of uh, year of eligibility with this class the fall 2021 roster that we envision is going to be just loaded
0: with guys with four years of eligibility ahead of them. I mean, it's going to be just a, a massive, massive chunk of that roster is going to be freshmen eligible. Um, there is definitely a duality to the, to the absence of official visits. I feel like because it, it, Patrick Payton, a great example for the guys who committed to schools without ever taking a visit, a single visit or even a substantial visit, because you know, there's a difference between an official visit where you have 48 hours with family, uh, it's, it's an intimate setting typically, it's very immersive in the campus versus showing up to a junior day where you're with you know 150 other people on a January afternoon and it's a little bit more of a, a meet and greet situation. It's not nearly as intimate, it's not nearly as detailed for how your college life is gonna be structured. That's what's so important about the official visits. Um, so I think the the absence of that could turn people away from their commitments because they just haven't had a chance to really sink their teeth into the school that they thought they were going to be able to, to, you know, they commit in the spring and then follow up with an official visit in the fall. If that can't happen, you got to imagine a lot of guys are going to reassess the situation, but the same time, where are they going to flip to? Are they going to feel comfortable flipping to a school like Penn State where they haven't visited either? And, 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 you know, I I just, yeah, again, Happy Valley. If you show up to a place like this without ever being here before, you may love it, but you may be turned off by it. I mean, you just, you're not going to know until you get to campus and, and become involved. And it's also a matter of does the staff feel comfortable taking a commitment? Uh, they did it with Jerry Cross, but he he's got a long more, he's got a lot more time ahead of him to make a visit. At this stage, if you're taking a commitment from a, a high school senior who has not visited, that's a gamble on both sides of the equation. I think, uh, and and we'll see. You mentioned Penn State strategy. Could they relook at, at maybe what they typically would do on an annual basis? If you're going to do it, this is the cycle to do that here in 2021, Sean.
1: Yeah, and I think that's more about eligibility than anything else. And, and when you take a look at what's out there versus in, in 2021 versus 2022, I mean, you, you've got momentum in one class. You don't have much momentum in the other class. Obviously, they like to capture that the, you know, with the big fish that are out there and Rucci and Davis and some other guys. But I mean, you, you, you're you're buzzing in 2022 you're sort of stumbling in 2021 and you know sometimes it it makes sense to to go with that momentum one thing to look for this weekend Liam Clifford
0: there will be football action he will be part of it It will be on your tv ESPN 2 Saturday 6 p.m eastern time Saint Xavier out of Cincinnati Liam Clifford squad versus Brownsburg Indiana uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'll be recording it. I'm sure you'll be checking that one out too, Sean. Uh, we got a story up on, on lines 24-7 right now, a little bit more about Liam, about his offseason. Sean Clifford, his older brother, was home for a big chunk of this compared to where he normally would be at Penn State uh, You know, consistently, gave them a chance to continue their chemistry. And, and you'd you have to imagine the fact that Sean Clifford's eligibility is getting extended. It certainly increases the chances that those two will have a chance to Connect at a college level um, as members of the Nittany Lions is something that we weren't sure would actually come to fruition. I think those chances have been boosted, and, and I'm excited to see Liam Clifford play football. Heck, Sean, I'm excited to see anyone play
1: football at this point. I was going to say football is <laughs> going to be on the TV no matter what. So sorry to my family. But uh, no, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited to see Liam Clifford. I think he's a really good player. And I think that, you know, he kind of. Gets lumped in with Sean, or or you think that uh, you know he's only there because because Sean's there. I think he's a, a very good player, a very good high school productive player at a great program uh, out in Cincinnati. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm curious to see how they use him because he is such a great athlete. Uh, you know, he started out as a quarterback. He's one of those guys. He started out as a quarterback, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, he's he's nowhere close to a quarterback right now. So. Uh, you'll see how they use him, see how, uh, you know, he can come along. And like I said, he's bigger than you think he's faster than you think. And I think he's, uh, he's going to have a really productive, uh, senior year. We'll see what happens there again,
0: Saturday, 6. PM ESPN Two uh, chance to see a future Nittany line in action. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks to Jerry cross once again, for joining us, um, Sean, anything else to add before we step away for the weekend?
1: No, I think everybody should have a great weekend. We, Like I said, I appreciate if you stuck with us after the first episode and you're still with us right now. We appreciate the diehards. Thank you very much. And, and you know what? We rewarded them, I think. This was a pretty positive conversation
0: over the span of an hour for the most part. Jerry Cross hopefully made folks feel a little bit better about the future. And we'll get through this. We'll get back to football. But along the way, unfortunately, we'll have to also address some of the negative situations that pop up here on the podcast. But if you keep coming back, there's bound to be episodes like this. I promise. Uh, drop your five-star review and rating to get your question in on Apple Podcasts for a future mailbag segment. Stay informed on lines 247com where until the end of the month of August, 50% off an annual VIP subscription and always $1 for one month uh, for folks who want to check us out. Uh, that's going to do it. On behalf of Sean Fitz, I'm Tyler Donahue. Thanks as always for tuning in to the Lions 24-7 podcast.